Hi everybody, before I get into the podcast I'd just like to say a few words about our first sponsor. Karma Coast is an award-winning small batch handcrafted organic CBD company based in Tynemouth. I use the products and I can highly recommend them. Uh, their products include CBD oil, CBD balms, uh, vape pens and my personal favourite, the CBD tea. It's very, very tasty. I recommend that highly. Um, they've also got some exciting plans for 2022, which include hosting intimate gigs in their forthcoming venue, Karma Coast Studio, which a few guests of the podcast have actually performed at, and I believe some of them are scheduled to perform at too. So be sure to check that out if you're in the area. If you go to their website, which is www.karmacoastcbd.co.uk, that's karma with a K, and if you order online from them, you can use my exclusive code, for a 10% discount, which is Matt's Karma, that's spelled M-A-T-T-S-K-A-R-M-A. Yeah, so massive thanks to Dylan and Magda from Karma Coast for the sponsorship. Now's the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Hide and Speak with me, Matt Saxon. Thanks for joining me here on episode three. It's uh, the first episode of the new year, so happy new year to all of my listeners. Uh, Hopefully it's gotten off to a good start for you all. It has for me. Yesterday I took part in the Northumberland bird race with episode one guest, Johnny Bond and his partner, um, which was really, really fun. We basically had to spot as many birds as we could in 24 hours. And it's with great honor that I can tell you that we came in second last with a total of uh, 73 birds, unfortunately. Uh, There was only six teams taking part, so it's not too bad. There's always next year, so. Today's guest is Elle Devine. She's a singer-songwriter from Whitley Bay, which is just down the road from me here in the Northeast. I mean, we talk about her entire career in this podcast, but a little bit quickly. She's had a great career so far. She's written songs for people like Rudimental and Icona Pop, as well as featuring on tracks with Route 94 and Torrent Foot with Tiny Temper. She's also been releasing EPs since about 2018, with her latest two-part EP called Near Life Experience, which was released last year. It includes some absolute bangers. I kind of gush over one of the tunes in this podcast. You'll hear it. But yeah, such a good song. Just a quick warning. Uh, We do swear quite a lot on this one, but what do you expect when you get a couple of Geordie Raggies and a bird hide together? Oh, and if you you don't mind, give me a little like, give me a little subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast so far. Also, you can write a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you do do that, it really helps with the algorithm so that more people can see the podcast and it climbs the charts and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, without any further ado, here it is, episode three, Eldervine. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Got Liv, El Divine. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm like thoroughly enjoying myself already. Yeah, it's very, very peaceful, isn't it? Yeah, thanks very much for being here. Been trying to get you on for a while now, so I'm really happy that you're here. I think for the purpose of the listeners, I'm just wondering if you would like to describe where we are. And- where actually are we? You just kind of took me into a van and drove me somewhere. So I actually don't, well, I don't actually know where we are. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're at a bird hide. We're in, yeah. I think this is still Northumberland, a bird hide in Northumberland. Cold. It's gorgeous. Big waters. I've never, ever been in a bird hide before. Really peaceful. It's actually a bit more swanky than I thought it was going to be as well. I was expecting like, but only certain people have the keys, don't they? 
thought it'd be like graffiti yeah. and like well there are those dogs. kind of bird hides yeah i couldn't take you to one bird hide earlier on because Probably like uh, teenage stop out shags yeah <laughs> people, <laughs> people uh do their whole sexual experiments <laughs> at a very early age in that one bird hide in particular light fires and do that's bu- another do buckets. podcast in itself you should like get kids to tell their stories of the bird hide <laughs> i did a bucket in that bird hide when i was 14 <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, to this day, I still get drunk in bird heights every once in a while. I know, yeah. where's the pee for this episode? I know. Well, it's 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 pretty early in the day, so <laughs> unfortunately, we can't uh, The listener get doesn't it. know that. But, yeah, <laughs> we could just pretend that we're, like, absolutely wrecked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe another, if you fancy another bird hide visit, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure it's a, a summer evening one. Where, you should like, do, like, a podcast launch and then get everyone who's been in it. It's so funny that you say that because just... Today, for the very first time, that popped into my head. I was like, it could be really successful or it could be an absolute disaster. (laughs) So, yeah, we're in a lovely little bird hide in Northumberland. Um, It's quite a big pond in front of where we've got quite a few birds, a lot of gulls. We've got cormorants, as we mentioned before. Got some coots. I've only got one pair of binoculars. So, no, 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 no. no, I was just about to say it. Liv's going to be on the uh, binoculars. So, they're white birds. What are they? They're called black headed gulls. If you get your binoculars binoculars on this one that's sitting on the post here, right? These three on the little post. Get one of them in your uh, vision. And can you see right behind its eye, you see like a little black dot? They're a type of gull. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, so they're called black-headed gulls because in summertime, their head becomes black. Ah. But in wintertime, the black recedes to that tiny little dot behind the eye of the gull. What's the science behind that? Uh... I have no idea. Winter, it's just like a plumage wow, thing, you know? Wow, What have we got? Whoa, that's a fucking class. He's like skipping along like a skipping stone. <laughs> so that's a coot. Wow, that's so cool. Look at the fucking stream he's left behind. Another yeah, area. a coot's just like flapped all the way across the uh, <laughs> pond there. Whoa, that was majestic. Yeah. Some birds have like dances on the, like there's a bird called Great Crested Grebe, <laughs> which is uh, it's like a common UK bird. Their courtship dance. Like a mating. Like, I've never like seen one in, in person, but I've seen videos of it online where <laughs> they're like mating ritual dance, the, the, the partners wow. like on the pond. And they, it's just a lot of flapping and a lot of water splashed all <laughs> over the place. I need a courtship dance. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> what would be your courtship what would it dance? Be? I don't know. What can I... The worm. The worm. I can't even do the worm. Actually, my friend Oriel has like this special dance move it's like you pretend you're falling over on one of your legs and then you kind of like it looks like you're about to fall and then you basically turn it into a dance move i think that one's really cool but i don't know what it is it's quite hard to do i've like nearly snapped my ankle trying to do it are you gonna have to give me a demonstration uh, after this oh you can do it now yes i can't actually do it i can basically explain what it is so like so i'd like fall i can't do it but you'd fall on your knee like like, and then twizzle up he does it so smooth like you'll just be like wow I don't know. He said he's been practicing it in his bedroom since he was like 14. I don't know if he got many girls from it. But I don't know. Like, he's got Nina now in Nina's class. So. Excellent. <laughs> I've noticed that the uh, guy in your band does a lot Louis. of like funky oh, dancing yeah. on stage as well. Oh yeah, he teaches a few mate and dancers, definitely. He's got it going on. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's class, man. He's so good. Everyone, it's so funny because like for the first half of the set, he's just like on the guitar. He's still got like such a vibe about him then, but then he fucking takes it off halfway through and just starts doing magic mic. And everyone's <laughs> just like, what? I love it though. It's amazing. Brings so much energy to the show. 
a courtship dance of his, is it? Um, I mean, yeah, he does all right. <laughs> he pulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. It'd probably just be like a dad dance. A dad like, dance. I'm a terrible, walk. terrible dancer. I wish I could do the moonwalk. I thought I could do it once upon a time. I can do the moonwalk with socks and a slippy floor. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, it was a few years ago now, but I, w- I don't know why. Like whenever I was just at work and there was like a nice floor, I would like try and do it and just You've got fail to, miserably. I think in my head, I thought I was really good at it. It's a hard dance. I actually think it's meant to be one of the easier moves to do, is it now? Yeah, is it's it? Just moving your, oh, I don't know. I think, I, it's, know. I think if anyone wants to become a dancer, like that's the dance move that they'll probably want to try and learn first. first it's like smoke on the water of dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> the come as you are. <laughs> By the way, this is the um, Great Crested Grebe. Whoa. So this is, that is winter plumage there. Plumage is like the feathers, Whoa. like the colours of the feathers and... Plumage. Plumage, yeah. <laughs> so plumage. one would say that, that, you know, how you wear like your autumn clothes after summage, that you can call it your plumage, oh I suppose. God. I need to update my winter plumage. I think it needs to catch on. That actually yeah, is well, a pretty I'm cool little do. saying. Yeah. Check out his plumage. <laughs> What a plume. What a, plume. <laughs> what a fucking plume. Yeah, you could do that as like a sort. Like oh, she was he's a, just dropped uh, something in the water. A girl's just flown past us and dropped something in the water. I don't know what it was, but he's going back for it. Look, no, he's not. He's just showing off. Maybe he just did it like a massive turd. So what's your, um, what's your knowledge of, of birds and My like knowledge of bird watching? Do you know any birds? Do you, do you have a favorite uh, bird? Anything like that? I don't know anything about these birds. I know I've got some knowledge on, you know. Birds, no. Um, actually, nothing about birds. I mean, I'm from the coast, grew up around the coast, so, you know, I'm very acquainted with seagulls. <laughs> and that's about as far as my knowledge goes. I like birds, though. They're lovely. But no, I know nothing about it, so I was pretty excited. I've never been to a bird hive, never, you know. This would be, like, a good activity for me. I think it would be good for me to be, like, <laughs> alone <laughs> and, like, in a, a rural space watching birds and, like, not speaking. It's really relaxing hobby and it's it's very like calming and almost like meditative. I never get to say that word right. Meditative? You're asking the wrong girl, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. I know what you mean. Do you meditate at all? Not really. I mean, we were talking about this before, weren't we? Like, I don't think I've got the attention span to meditate. I mean, I used to like, I mean, right before I go to bed, I used to like listen to like Calm app. I used to like religiously oh, yeah, like listen to that. like something like that, but like for half an hour. Before the Harry Styles sleep, sleep story. The ha- not Harry. No, I don't know. If <laughs> no, I would nothing against Harry Styles, but I just don't know. Like I'd rather there's like a woman with a really soft spoken voice. That I prefer. But now I listen to like rain sounds and stuff. Oh yeah, um, me too. I can't sleep without it. I sleep with rain sounds in my overhead like Bose headphones like every night. Nice. I think I've got like an ear infection though, and I think. Oh, I keep getting those AirPods. And I keep getting the notification that I'm listening to things too yeah, loud. Yes. Do you get that as well? Oh, all the time, but I just ignore it. But then that's the thing. Like, I think like, because I listen to music so loud and like I'm in the studio and then mm-hmm. when I'm not, I'll be walking around listening to the tunes like full blast and then I'll be on stage with my in-ears in. Like whenever it's like silent, like I can't sleep when it's like yeah, dead no, silence. I'm the same. Like, and I'm just like, oh, so I have to have like my rain sounds blasting. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty yeah, bad, it's like, you know. No, I'm. I, I, no, I, th- I think the rain sounds is fine. It's just like like white noise is a thing it's as well. Noise like, cancelling. That's yeah. the thing. I'm just worried. about What does that do to my ear? But then yeah. I say that, and then I'm listening to music like full blast. So it's just mm-hmm. like I don't yeah. think that's that's the least of my worries. Well, I think that um, listening to the rain sounds and stuff like that is. I don't see that as a problem. It's just when I have like trouble sleeping, that's mm. when I'll probably put them on. Yeah. At the minute, I'm quite good at getting to sleep. At the minute. Which I've got a really bad history of, like, terrible sleep. Getting to sleep for me is really hard. 
But yeah, no, I do the same thing with um, the sounds and stuff. If I want to focus, I find it really hard to focus on things quite a lot of the time. I'll put the calm app in my ears and uh, I have the like thunder and lightning. I just get shit done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know how it works. Probably shouldn't because... Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. No, I mean, people have always been doing that. People listen to classical music and stuff on the... Yeah, so like I, surgeons I, listening to classical yeah, totally. and stuff. I don't yeah. think I could do that with my incense now because I just associate it with going to sleep. I think I'd probably just fall asleep at my desk. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, I always worry. I'm like, I know I can only get to sleep listening to that and I can only stay asleep doing that. But it's like, am I getting a good quality sleep if that's constantly ringing? I don't yeah. know, man. When I wake up in the morning, if, if I've had to put my AirPods in and listen to something, if I wake up in the morning and they're like somewhere deep in my bed, I feel all right. <laughs> yeah. They've obviously slipped out at some yeah, point. Totally. Yeah, totally. I do like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. But even like a sleep mask as well. I wonder, like my head, the pressure in my head, like I feel like there's something getting clogged up in my ear because I'll do have you wear like a sleep tight, mask. I'm really bad at sleeping. I have mm. to have like, I mean, it was so funny. Like before I got a sleeping mask, like I lost it over the summer and I used to, I've got like, my mom got us like, I love Harry Potter. So she got me like a Slytherin robe, an official one and like a scarf last Christmas. And like, nice. I didn't have, cause I can't like light as well. I'm like really sensitive to that. As soon as I see, see some light, like I have to wake up or yeah. any noise. So I would like wrap the Slytherin thing around my head. <laughs> like I look like fucking Professor Quirrell from the first one and then oh, right, have yeah. my like overhead headphones on. <laughs> I looked mental. This is why like, I probably could like, I'm like scared to get in a relationship because I've gone have like a sleepover with someone and be like wearing a scarf around my head and <laughs> overhead headphones and they just turn over and be like. Like I'm the same. I, I think that like being in a relationship like and it has been in the past when I have been in them getting to sleep is really, really, oh. really hard for me. Yeah. Sometimes I just like get out of bed and just go and do something. Yeah, totally. I'm like that. But yeah. You need to have like a compatible sleeping pattern really if you want to make it. <laughs> uh, I can't be quite an early bird or like I just get up like annoyingly easily. No alarms. What time are you getting up? It depends. It depends how tired I am. But like, I don't know. Probably. I mean, not that early. I mean, I probably wake up about eight or nine. Nice. You know, for someone who's like making music. You know, most of my friends sleep until like three p.m. <laughs> Something spooked the birds. They're oh, all no. flying off. What's going on? All the gulls have just gotten up and looks like they're just <clears> going back. Actually, we've not got a great variety of birds like on the pond right now. It's still quite nice because I always say that like one of the first kind of things that you get into when you bird watch is just identifying as many different types of birds as you can like seeing as many as you can right kind of ticking them off and for me the next kind of stage of bird watching has just been like checking out their behaviors and stuff mm-hmm. you get to know the birds a little bit more yeah. if you just watch their behavior it can be just as something as common as a pigeon yeah 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 but you know sometimes they've got really funny characteristics about them what's the characteristics of a pigeon then chill as fuck I love oh, pigeons. Really? Nice. Yeah, I really like pigeons. I think yeah, they're, they're not fussy, are they? Like- <laughs> no, I just think they're really underrated, and people see them as vermin. And they're, they're, if oh. you look at them really closely, like their feathers and their plumage is yeah. uh, it's very beautiful. It's yeah, all like shiny, shiny and yeah. like you know any like bit of oil in a puddle. It's yeah, like that, isn't it? Oh, they're like those two tone cars that were a really uh, yeah, popular yeah, yeah. thing in about two thousand one. Yeah, but it's all coming back. Two <laughs> IK pigeons are like. <laughs> The black ones, what are they called again? Sorry, I'm going to keep asking. Cormorants. Cormorants, they're hard as fuck. They didn't flinch at all when those... Yeah, they seem like they've got this place on lockdown. He's got his wings open again, that looks really funny. His wings are a little bit tattered. Yeah, they are. Might be an older one or something. But yeah, I don't want to talk too much about birds, because I feel like it might be slightly boring. So I do want to talk about you, and I want to talk about, like, I don't know, I just just want to deep dive and, like, get to know you, because I feel like... I feel like we should have met each other and should have gotten to know each other a little bit earlier than we do. I met you, uh, I think I only met you the first time last year. Oh, when we did the, for Paradigms. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
didn't really get a chance to stay and chat to anyone as well. No. But I feel like I knew, like when I met your safe cafe, like I was like, yeah, I know this guy. Well, I mean, we worked at the same place. Yeah. We've got like all of our friends are pretty much the same people. So when did you work at the safe cafe? Like after or before me? After, after. like just quite recently. Like, I, well, I stopped working there like this time last year. Right. Yeah. 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 I was there from the reopen. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Sick. In the beginning of the reopen. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's amazing. I used to, I haven't been in ages properly, like had like a, you know, spent a whole evening there. Back in the day, man, the busker's night on a Wednesday and then the Sunday yeah. night stuff as well. It was just like, I can't really describe it. It was totally the place to be. And I don't think it was just because I worked there. Like it actually felt like everyone mm-hmm. in like the kind of Northeast like music hub, like all went there. And Richie was booking some like amazing gigs there and getting people to come like time out to come play at this little surf shack, like in some big yeah. names. So, like Tom Walker played there and stuff. Like I was at that gig. Yeah, yeah. Were yeah, you there? Yeah, yeah. I think I would have been, I might have been working or something. I don't know. But like I was there all the time. It was fucking class. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was a really good little scene. Yeah, so that's kind of how you started out, isn't it? Like doing the buskers at the surf cafe. And- yeah, that was my, my first ever gig. Well, I lied. I did one at school. There was like, they did kind of like a talent show thing at my school. People knew I made music and my teacher was like, you should go for this talent show. And I entered in. I, I stood up and did like, I was doing an original song, just like me and my guitar. I got about, I don't even think I started singing. I got about 40 seconds in with like the guitar riff. And then I just stopped crying <laughs> and froze. Oh, no, I was like, no, no. nah, I can't do it. I was like so nervous. I struggled so badly with nerves. Like my dad will kill us for saying this, but my dad, like my dad's the same. Like he had to do like a lot of talks and stuff for work and stuff. My dad used to like give us like his beta blocker prescription. Nice. <laughs> so I used to just take them like all the time like, before I did. Like before the busker's night at the surf cafe, I had to go three beta blockers before I went So on. all your songs were like 10 BPM slower. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was the original like SoundCloud rapper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got on safe. No, but it did calm my nerves. Like I don't do that anymore. Like I did go through a bit of a phase where like, yeah. I could only do it like that. But yeah, I got on the, I think Sam was there that night as well. Or like one of my early gigs he was, but I'm, the first time I met Sam was at the surf cafe because he used to like, he used to help out with the busker's night or I think he might have worked there briefly. I'm, Possibly. I'm pretty sure he did, but he was helping Possibly. out with the busker's night, sorting me mic stand and that. And that was the first time I, I met him. I did a night at the surf cafe and it was just so much less pressure, you know, like it was like musicians who were all there and like really encouraging and, you know, like just like buzzing that someone fresh had come along and wanted mm-hmm. to perform at the night and nothing like, you know school where it's all your peers and all these like popular people that you're worried about looking like a freak in front of like <laughs> i should never have done that really it was like a social suicide mission really oh uh, we've all been there i know but but now i would go back to school and fucking rock it i'd love to do that <laughs> um but yeah i did my first thing at the surf cafe and then like a few months later i loved it there. i just kept going there and then got a job there and yeah it was just a, like it was just a class place to be it was just a great way to, like that's how i know everyone from like the northeast music scene just from doing that and getting on that circuit and yeah met some amazing people and i, I love it i've got like surf cafe to thank for like everything really i think yeah. a few people in the northeast have got the surf cafe <laughs> yeah. to thank yeah exactly yeah you were at the surf cafe doing the buskers and what was your setup as a busker was it just you and a guitar or did just you have and, like yeah just me and my guitar i wasn't like very good as a I don't think I could uh, show off my ability. Oh, actually, I don't know. I was probably just pretty shit back in the day. Like, I was just... But that was all I had, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't... I didn't really know what kind of music I wanted to make. Because it was very up north. Like, it's... I mean, it kind of still is as well. That's something that I would love to start working with artists around here. That I love all the indie music that comes out of here. And obviously, like, yeah. Sam has, like, paved the way for so many people. And he's an absolute hero. But, like, I would love to see, like, some other genres come out of the northeast. Because mm-hmm. I do think you, like... If you think of Northeast music, you probably do think of like all the indie bands and stuff and like kind of guitar music, which is sick. But I think when I was younger and I was kind of like 
you know, like into pop music and electronic music and stuff and listen to that. There wasn't really anyone I could work with around here that could help us do that. So I've kind of felt like I had to move to London to do that and explore that because it was just me yeah. on my guitar and I kind of felt like everything I did like sounded like a B-Tech Taylor Swift or something. I didn't even want to make that B-tech music. B-Tech Taylor Swift. It I just like sounded that. like that because I was singing on, a, I was a girl singing on a guitar. Wow. Two swans just flew past. Swans, as I like to call them. Swans. Langneckers. What? Neckers? Langneckers. Lang, langneckers. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and I didn't, that wasn't really, just because I was on a guitar and I was like a young girl on guitar, like writing little love songs. Kind of what, that isn't what I wanted to sound like. That's just like all I had access to. Yeah, so I moved to London, started playing, you know, like getting in rooms with like different producers and stuff and seeing what my music could sound like. How old were you when you moved to London? 19. 19 moving to London stupid i don't think i moved out of my parents house until i was like 20 yeah it was pretty it was like quite a, i did it like on a whim like i went to london i just went with my family and my cousins and my cousins were over from america and we took them to london we met up with a family friend who lived in london and he was just like you should totally move down here you know and like i kind of never really thought about it before and i didn't have anything going on i didn't have any reason to move to london so i was just like i didn't know what i was gonna do but i got this grant from um sunday for sammy Mm-hmm. I did some stuff with them, so shout out Ray Label, Legend, and everyone at Sunday for Sammy because they picked me for the grant after I did like the Sunday for Sammy show at the City Hall, three grand or something that I was initially going to stay in Newcastle and make an EP at Loft Studios because before I worked at the Safe Cafe, I worked at like Loft Studios on the weekends doing like kids' parties and stuff in exchange for studio time wow. that I actually never used. So kids' parties, I don't, I don't, so, in a studio. Yeah, so the like kids would come and record like Let It Go. From Frozen. Ah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> we had five aside at the local sports centre for our birthday oh, really? parties, yeah. Is that what kids are doing these days? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, to be fair, We're was... going to record a hit single. It was class, but it was also like, you'd do like five parties a day. It was also mine, Because wow. there'd be like three roles that you'd have. So you'd either be on camera, like recording duty, recording the party. You'd be on the desk, which was the death of the, That was a job that everyone wanted. Oh, it was such hard work because you just have to have energy every hour with these like five-year-olds. But yeah, anyway, I worked that job. It was good just like being around a studio and stuff. Like I think that really helped us when I went to London to kind of know how to be in a studio and how to get around it and work the desk and stuff. Yeah, I moved, I had that grant, which was about three grand and then had a car as well when I was like learning to drive and I sold that and got like 1,500 quid or something for it. So I had a couple months rent. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and that was, which was like actually stupid in hindsight. I was just about to say, yeah, 1,500 quid, that's about a couple of weeks rented. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had three grand from Sunday for Sammy as well. So oh, I didn't okay. use it. I was meant to do that for an uh, EP, but then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to move to London and I'm going to try and sign a publishing deal. I went to London, <laughs> which was like really stupid. And I, I was going to give myself like a month or something to just kind of like try and get my foot in the door. And then I was, you know, going to apply for jobs and stuff. I lived next to a Sainsbury's. I was like, I'm going to apply for that. And like, <laughs> but then within like a month, uh, I signed a record deal with Warner and it was pretty hasty in hindsight, but I needed to. Because I was yeah. going to run out of money within, in London, I was, de- was going to yeah, run out yeah. of money within like three months or something. So and how then, long were you in London for? Literally, I moved in September, signed my record deal in November. Whoa. Which was, yeah, which is insane. Like that doesn't, yeah. disclaimer that like doesn't happen like and it, that's what i'm saying it was like probably i jumped the gun a bit there but I, it was only because it wasn't a big deal to me like signing a re- it was a big it was a massive deal to me signing a record deal but it, that wasn't in my plan i wanted to go and be a songwriter i didn't mm-hmm. see myself as an artist i wanted in my head i was going to make my brand but by being a songwriter which is hilarious because songwriters make no money these days <laughs> um so yeah i wanted to do that and i actually didn't end up signing a publishing deal until like a year later but I met with Warner and I had all these songs that I was wanting to like pitch out to artists and 
I met with Joe Kenneth Warner. He was like sing these as well. I had to like think about my whole self in like a whole new light and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I was nineteen, and then sitting there, and then off I went. Um, Damn, making pop songs. And in, in hindsight, like now, I'd be like, I wish I'd waited and signed like a record deal now or something, or a few years ago. But then actually, no, because I'd probably I wouldn't know everything I already know. I'm probably only saying that because I've like accumulated all this like not wisdom and knowledge. I don't want to <laughs> blow smoke on my own ass, but you do because like you know you go through all the motions of being signed to a major label. You you start to understand the music industry and you know how everything works. Like it would have been mint just signing now with all that knowledge and also yeah, yeah. knowledge of who I am myself because like I've made so much different types of music, being with like so many producers and stuff. And it's yeah. only now that I'm feeling like I'm really realizing like exactly what kind of music I want to make, what kind of artist I want to be. But everyone's got their journey of finding that out. You've just done it in London yeah, with a major it. record label. Yeah, and people can see that happening. And, so, and it's always like, you know, like every artist will be like, oh, I wish I could delete like my first song I put out. Oh, God. But yeah. it's part of the journey. Like, don't judge artists on their like past songs because, you know, everyone's allowed to grow and everyone's tastes and stuff can change and you don't know, you know, what pressures and stuff people are mm-hmm. under. So, yeah, I don't even God. know what the question was. Sorry, I just went off on a massive tangent. But. Oh, I mean, I'm so involved in it as well, so I've forgotten what it was as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think we're just talking about, like, your kind of journey through music yeah. so far. So at the minute we're at London and you've kind of done the major record signing and what happened next? Because I saw that you, you spent a lot of time in, like, LA and, yeah. and stuff like that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I was talking to you earlier in the car about it, kind of like, there's this whole thing of doing the rounds, I guess, mm-hmm. like when you're songwriter and artist and i came through that having kind of like no experience of how the music industry worked in london and stuff and as a pop artist as well like you know like a lot of people from around here like like sam for example you know worked with tom and like had all of his songs kind of written before that and the idea of who he was before that and kept it all up here like i went in and had like i didn't know anything about what i was going to make it was kind of just starting from scratch and it was like find out what kind of stuff you want to make so i was just like plunked in a room and it was amazing, like, for, like, cutting your teeth and, like, before I was in a room with producers and stuff, I didn't even think about structure. Like, I would, I'll listen back to, like, songs I'd, on my voice notes from, like, 2014. And, like, it makes no sense. Like, I didn't know how to write a, a song, really. So it was great doing that, like, doing the rounds of that and just being put in with different people every day to learn really quickly. Just basically did the same thing that I did in London and just worked with loads of different producers and kind of got my name around the circuit there. LA I do like working there I love going there because it feels like you're on holiday and I think there's something about <laughs> being away from home and working away from home you're really productive do you want to talk about LA though because I've got yeah. a little soft spot for LA oh too, I love yeah. LA and I love I like I literally love it and I'd love to go out there and make music I've definitely found collaborators out there that I would solely like to work with I just de- never want to do that kind of like two sessions a day like let's prove I've, I'm hungry kind of thing because you don't fucking need to do that really just make music how you make music best mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's probably not going to be doing like three sessions a day till like three in the morning. You're probably going to make better tunes if you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> get a good healthy amount of sleep. And yeah. Yeah. Have a nice, easy going routine. Have you been to LA? I have, yeah. I've yeah. been to LA quite a few times. I really liked it. I got the show a bit side of it mm-hmm. and like experienced that. That was pretty mad. Found myself at like mad parties with like. Right celebrities and just thinking what the hell am i doing here <laughs> like how am i sitting across the yeah, room from fine. you and then i saw like the really nice it was american as fuck like mm-hmm. it was just so like in and out do you like i you see i think in and out's a bit overrated did you go to chick-fil-a 
No. Oh my god, Chick Fil A no. is the fucking best. I do like In and Out, but I would rather go for a Shake Shack. Maybe. I went to Shake Shack when I was in New York. Did that quite a few times. Shake Shack was really good, but I would say I only really went In and Out like twice. I was shown the wizardry of dipping your fries in a strawberry milkshake. Ah, uh, what do you reckon? It's mint, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely class, yeah. It's a it's heart attack city, but yeah, it's really nice. But no, um, so like, I, I just loved like the American side of LA. Like, I, I went on a few road trips. So, like, mm. went up the Pacific Coast <gasps> and did like Big Sur. Went through there and just like, I really felt like I was in like a. I don't know, some kind of Jack Kerouac kind of yeah. like on the road kind of. It's unreal, isn't it? We did yeah. that, drove along like the coastline, like down like Laguna Beach and stuff. And I was oh, like, right and right. I was playing like the OC theme tune, like California. <laughs> Get it. Because I like, just embraced How it. to spot a tourist in LA. I know, but, like, it, but you have to do it. It was like unreal. I was literally like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed LA. I'd love to go back. So I would just have to find a reason to go. Probably just like a holiday. I've- it is like a proper lifestyle. You do get sucked into it so quickly. Like I would go yeah. and spend like two months at a year there. And I always say it's like Pinocchio at the end of Pinocchio when the kids go to that like fun island and have the best time. They can do whatever the fuck they want. And then like slowly, the more they indulge, the more they turn into a donkey. <laughs> like, that's what <laughs> I felt when I went early. I was like, by the end of it, I was like having like kombucha and like, <laughs> I, have oh, I love kombucha yeah, yeah, so I'm not going to rip kombucha stuff. but like having smoothies with like bee pollen and shit and then like going to like a spin class every morning oh, and like God. going to like rooftop parties and stuff and then I'll just oh, look yeah. in the mirror at the end of the trip like who have I become <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly everyone's like an aspiring actor or musician yeah. or whatever out there it's uh, it's pretty mad but yeah yeah I'm with you on that I think the first time I went I spent a month there and by the end of it, yeah, I was like getting a kombucha every single day. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, I was doing the superfood salads in the middle of the day. And it is wicked though. Just, I wish I could just fucking wake up and go get an unreal salad from somewhere instead of like getting a pie every day. At the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want this country to, to get those kombuchas. Yeah. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Synergy. Synergy. They're like quite a big bottle and they've got like the font. Yeah, it's quite a busy font. Yeah, I, know what I know what you mean. I'm sure you can get it in like, you know, those shops that just do everything. Like the Premier, you should go to the Premier around near where I live. Premier? Do you reckon the Premier is going to have? They have everything. They have like those Doritos. Like I go there like every day to get a Doritos. You know, like at local. A what? Doritos, you know. Those Are they like the. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's probably like Harry Potter. Like the ones that you get at. Um... At Lobo and stuff. Yeah. You know, like the Arizona tea thing. They have all of that and stuff. It's just one of those shops. It's like a good stoner shop. Do you know when a shop just does everything <laughs> and they've got like American sweets and stuff? It's just like stoners trapped in the shop that can't leave. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> go there every day. But yeah, you should go there. They'll probably have the kombucha. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. A friend if of mine like, like makes his own kombucha. Oh, I think he did. I don't know if he still does, but... Yeah. Yeah, he makes his own kombucha. I don't know if I could do that because the process, like, I think that would put me off it. Because, like, you know, when you see, like, the proper, like... What's I it called? Like, the mother... It's like a mother door kind of thing. It's, I remember I went to LA once and my friend gave me a glass of kombucha, drinking it, and then I was mm-hmm. like, because I got this like big glob of like, it's like snot, like really oh, thick snot. No, no. And she was like, yeah, oh no, yeah. did you get the, and I was like, what? This is normal. Like, I'm supposed to do this. And she's like, yeah, you're yeah, supposed like, to like shake it a little. You're supposed to like roll the bottle and not like fizz it up. Yeah. Get rid of all that sediment and make this it. It's like a full blob of like, it was so Basically just like fungus, Flet. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fungusy flat. Yeah, it is fungus, isn't it? It's just like yeah. fermented. I don't know what it is. So we've been to LA. We've, <laughs> do, we've done the whole LA thing. So yeah. what 
are you like still living in London at this point as well? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, still living in London. I only moved back to Newcastle during lockdown, like right before the lockdown. So I moved back to my mum's and I was going to go back to London, but then I just fell in love and realised home is where the heart is. Yeah. Fell in love with home? Or yeah, yeah, home. With a person? No, 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 I didn't fall in love. <laughs> well, no, I did. I fell in love with my friends. I fucking and fell in love with my family all over again. Like I'd yeah. been away for so long and my family is like anyone probably anyone who around here probably know like how close knit our family is and realize like how much being around them made me feel like safer and happier and just mm-hmm. felt like i was around people that really cared about us and know us and it's just that's just really important and when i was in london i would always like <laughs> every time a family member would ring us i'd just feel like because my family are so dramatic there's always so much drama in the family if like i'd been <laughs> filled in on some drama i just burst into tears because we're like i'm not there i can't help like oh, i mean like you know what i mean so it's just like good to be but then i come back and i don't give a shit about the drama because it happens so often <laughs> just, like, <laughs> so you've got quite a big family have you yeah we're all we're everywhere where are you on the uh the siblings list siblings so i've got an older sister sophie and then i've got a younger sister rosie yeah i'm the youngest as well what do you yeah. reckon do you think youngest gets away with more because my friends were mm, saying this to me the other day question. that like oldest can do whatever they want but yeah, i was like that's I've... not true i feel like my sister got the fucking short end of the stick really and i was just allowed to do whatever i want <laughs> oh i was see i don't know like i feel like my older brother is like he can basically do no wrong but it's with good reason it's because he's sound as fuck <laughs> like i was just a little shit a little like, I, didn't, I think the youngest of the family of the siblings gives less of a shit about mm. stuff whereas like the older of the siblings usually is the one who has to like find his own way like yeah, whereas yeah, i've yeah. had my brother to kind of show me a lot of stuff so i've not had that pressure that you don't realize is actually there of like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on mm. i just kind of followed in my brother's footsteps and didn't do the things that i didn't like that he did yeah 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 yeah, totally you know i was a little shit yeah. i mean i was all right I you think, seem sound as fuck though i felt like you would have I'm, I'm very like horizontal but i think that was like the bad point of it it was that i was really shit in school really like where did you go to school? Uh, Blythe. I'm a Blythe lad, yeah. Yeah, I was really bad in school. I feel like it was always because like, I was just more interested in making music. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a little rock star when I was yeah. at school. I don't know. I always felt like school, like for starters, my school didn't have a music program. Mm. So like, the, what, did the, you have like a music the head of or? No, the head of music left the year that I went into high school. But I don't mean that many musicians that did music at school, to be honest. I think a lot. Yeah. You're either one or the other. You're either musically trained and like did it or you're either like yeah touch music at school <laughs> yeah exactly well yeah i was going to la when i when i lived in london but yeah i think there's always this like pressure to be there and because that's where that's like i guess the mecca and where everything's going on but i don't know i feel like i've realized it's way more real up here and just where, where, I live, where i'm from it's yeah. where your inspiration comes from it's like your hometown isn't it it's, it's... 100%. i mean i write about most of the stuff i write about is stuff that happened yeah, when I was a, like a teenager, I'm like really romantic about like my coming of age years. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obsessed with it really. It's actually a bit weird. I need to grow the fuck up. Like that's just the stuff that inspires me because I think you're just so rife with emotions and it's kind of the first time you're feeling all these like really intense emotions that you're going to figure out as an adult. Have yeah. you figured it out yet? No, <laughs> never do. <laughs> I'm like, no, I've got nothing figured out. I don't think anybody really, really does. does. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of siblings, we've got the swan cygnets in the distance. Can you see them? They're juvenile swans. They're not as, you'll notice they're like not white. Oh, the ones that aren't white. They're yeah. swans. Yeah. They're so s- do they turn white? Like they'll they turn white as they, as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. Swans have um, 
they give birth to seven cygnets. Usually always seven. There's one a bit closer right here. Can you see it? It's next to the, the big wooden post. It's about oh, yeah. to swim past the big wooden oh, right. post. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can kind of see, yeah, the feathers. It's a grey colour, that one. Yeah, I learned quite recently that there's, um, like, not all of the cygnets will survive because there's this um, bacteria in a lot of the ponds that they're not used to, but the adult swans are, so they can withstand it, but the, the cygnets sometimes succumb to this bacteria, which is a bit sad. Whenever I come to a bird hide, I like to see how many cygnets are on the pond. Yeah. Because if there's seven, then it's like, yeah, and bacteria hasn't won yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've moved back up north, haven't you? So just released a couple of EPs. Yeah, near life experience. Yeah. I must say, Naked Alone is probably one of <laughs> my favourite pop songs ever written. Oh, Abs- man, absolutely. I'm not just class. saying that. I remember when, um, when it was getting played heavily on the, on the circuits of the radio, I was... Uh, always like cranking it up in the old there. it's funny with that one that's like that's definitely the one that kind of cuts through for like like all my mates who are like proper music snobs and like would say like they don't listen to pop music that's yeah. always the song that they're like oh but that one's a tune you've got so many tunes yeah maybe maybe i'm a, a little bit of a music snob here i would i would just over say, i guess i think i don't know what it is i think because well, it's a bit hip-hoppy maybe yeah i guess so but what i was going to say was that um like the production out of it the instrumentation, the vocal hooks, everything of like, they've all just like sit in a perfect spot in my ears. Yeah. Same. It's like, it's perfectly mixed as well. Like the it's, drums sound amazing. Tony Maserati mixed it. Really? Yeah. So Fuck it's, yeah. me. So it was a fucking belted mix on it. And oh, wow. it's just, I think it's also, it's just, it's quite familiar in a way as well. Like the, mm-hmm. it's classic bass line that like, bow, 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 bow. Mm-hmm. And it's got a bit of soul to it, hasn't it? it yeah, yeah. It's a good song, that. That was one of the first songs I wrote when I moved to London. Literally, probably within, like, first couple of months. I did it in, like, 20 minutes over the beat. Like, so the beat already existed, so they actually didn't have anything to do with the production at all. Like, they, this production duo called India, and they came in, and they just played me, like, a bunch of, like, poppy beats for me to write mm-hmm. over. Very, like, Scandi pop, like, Robin-esque stuff, which I yeah, kind yeah. of... It was a song I did called Lightly Like That that was, like, mm-hmm. came out. And they play me all this stuff. And by that time, like, every fucker in the studio was trying to make that kind of song with me. And I was just like, oh, I kind of want to just, like, try something <laughs> else right now. And then they were, like, saving this beat for a rapper. And I just heard that. And then that bass line came in and I was like, let me have this one. And then 20 minutes, I was, just, like, I'd written the, the tune. And See, it just came out. It was mad. It doesn't happen. Yeah, like yeah. Time, but... I like it when that happens. It's when you know it's a fucking good one. When you can't yeah, remember when you're... writing it. Yeah, and you're buzzing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love listening to it yourself. Like when you're not in the studio, you're listening to it on your yeah. way to work or wherever. And I've got like a video of me on my MacBook the day I wrote it and went home and that flat in London with like a massive giant room out, <laughs> just be like dancing around the room, room being like, I can't do it. I need to find it and yeah, post that. It's, pretty, it's really embarrassing. But yeah, it's that what it does to you though when you write a good song. It's like it makes you fall in love with like yeah. songwriting again and. Uh, 100%. Every now and then. Yeah, because you'll go through so like as a songwriter, like I go through so many periods of being like just being real, like, what is the point? I'm never gonna be as good enough as like the music that I listen to and the music I love. Like, well, oh, <laughs> he was literally running that. across the water, wasn't he? Wow. That's just all the coots on the pond of basically just it's okay. like that little uh, that Billy Eilish hi hat noise. Yeah. What is that bit? No, no, it's not, but it's like it's like a field recording of yeah. Phineas, our brother, in Australia. It was the lights that when you press the button, it goes... Yeah. 
he's I think it's the sound on those albums. He's he's great. Like it's probably like it's like an ASMR production. Kind of thing, yeah, it? it's, it's like a really so good album. I haven't heard the new terrible. album, but I really loved the first album when that came out. She's great. Oh, Have you ever met Billie Eilish? No, I haven't met her. I went to I went to see like one of her first shows in LA when I went over there in like 2016, I think it was. Whoa, so small, it was like, like a small cap, yeah, was it? Yeah, small, but it was lit. Was it? <laughs> Print shoes that way, but like it went off. I was like, whoa, this girl is like, yeah, you just knew, man. It was, And the tunes were fucking sick. It's interesting seeing like, she had like a crowd, like a rock show would have. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that you would see like when you saw young kids going mosh and stuff. Like it was really, it was like one of the first times I'd seen like a pop star kind of thing, like make a crowd go that mental and make a crowd of like young teenage girls go that mental because usually like you'd associate that kind of energy with like, yeah, I guess like an indie rock band telling like all these lads to fucking spill their pints on each other. Like, yeah, it was rad. <laughs> yeah, she's good, isn't she? I would like almost put you and her in like a similar kind of pot i do get that a lot like people also say that I oh is like that uh, if i just offended you there sorry no 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 i fucking love billy eilish like i'm a huge yeah. huge fan but i don't like i think i've definitely probably always been scared to like listen to it too much because i don't personally think i make music like her at all like i think if you actually like listen to the tunes but i think because it's alternative pop music and mm-hmm. eyebrows and blue eyes and like what kind of look a bit people have said that before i'm i guess i'm sometimes quite careful <laughs> like, right about like I, yeah I would like, I think if I, not because I don't love the music because I fucking love her music, but I think if I went in the studio and made something that sounded slightly like Billy, I'd cringe out at myself a bit. But there's loads of stuff like that. Like, I, there's loads of stuff where I'm like, ooh, I don't want to like touch the, their thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah, obviously, as an artist, I think you're so constantly worried about being compared to. Well, just being original. Like, you just want to make original, fresh shit, don't you? It's yeah. Like, it's just so bloody young as well. It's like, I mean, I'm very happy for you, Billy, but damn it. You're so successful at such <laughs> yeah. a young age. She's just released a perfume, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I've just, well, I think I was doing the whole scrolling thing just mm-hmm. yesterday and I saw she's got a perfume now. So what's going to be next for you? What's next? You've done these two EPs, finished a couple of tours. Oh, Ellie Golden tour? Oh, yeah. Tell me about cool. that, please. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was class. It was like, it was like a bit of a doddle coming doing that after the tour that we'd done because like... No like, pressure being a support act. Yeah, it's actually lush. It's, it's lush doing a support tour, isn't it? Because you're the last one there, first one to leave. Like you, yeah. like, you just turn up, do your sound check, you then you're worry, on half an hour later. You don't have to worry about ticket sales. No, 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 no. It was fucking mint. And also, it was just, like, lush crowds. Mm-hmm. And her crowd is, like, I think it's, like, really spread out because you've got the people that are there, like, the youngins who are there to see, like, burn and all, like, the bops and stuff like that. But then you've got, like, a different kind of more, not serious, but, like, more, like, really pe- a crowd that's, like, genuinely engaged in all the music, like, the people who, like, I feel like a songwriting stuff and, like, mm-hmm. sing a songwriter kind of thing. So it was a really lush crowd, which is good for me because I've got a bit of both in my set like that. Yeah, we had a day off after every show, which is unusual. Usually you'd be like driving straight up to the next one, but like we'll go explore the cities like yeah, the next day. That's, and, that's amazing. Yeah. It's so nice because I've never really like spent that much time in like a lot of cities in the UK. So like got to spend quite a lot of time in Manchester and Bristol. I fucking love Bristol. It was amazing. Yeah. This little guy has just popped up. You see these two gulls on the post here. Yeah. There's a little black bird. Yeah, on the in the water. It's just gone to the left. You see him? It's the only black bird in amongst all of those white gulls. That is a little grebe. They're really cute. They're part of the grebe family. What's the rarest bird you've seen? I saw like a... It was a North American Pacific diver. So it was like from the Pacific coast. And it was just in... It was in Druridge Bay. Oh, nice. Just sitting in the pond and, you know, the ponds at Druridge Bay. 
yeah, it was just there. And I get Twitter announcements when there's like a rare bird kicking you- around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, hey, I uh, might start doing this one. You should. It's so, I feel like it's so beneficial. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast and show people is like, yes, I just wanted to use my very small platform to like promote the activity because it's just so relaxing and it's really good for mental health and just like your health in general, just get out and get some fresh air and sit in a relaxing place with your mates and just chat and talk about what you're seeing and learn a little bit about the area and the environment and the nature. It's just, it's win-win for me, you know. I mean, yeah, you're saying about meditating and stuff. Like, I feel like this would be a form of meditation. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I've found myself just sitting in a bird hide by myself for like two, three hours before. Do you put tunes on? No, I'm just I listening to this. Yeah, oh, yeah. You-, you can cup your ears. What I like doing is cup on your ears and just kind of you can hear everything a little bit better. Wow. Yeah. A little amplification for your own. Ears. That is lovely. I think someone's shooting a shotgun or something over there. Can you hear that? Either that or it's yeah, just listening to the sounds is just amazing. What I do like to do is um, record the sound as well. I'll not today, but like when my guest has left, I'll Mm -hmm. just put the microphones on and just record the sound. Well, it's the reason why I started bird watching for the relaxing kind of health side of it. I was like, just all of a sudden, I just started getting like anxiety attacks and stuff. They just came out of nowhere, Mm. and then my mate was like. I'll take you bird watching. Mm-hmm. It's like a really nice oh, way of relaxing. That's amazing. And ever since I did that, I've just been hooked ever since. So you've just finished the Ellie Golden tour. So you've yeah, just I like mean, announced a, a December yeah, I'm, run. I'm doing these um, Christmas parties with Dork, the magazine, like in collaboration with them. So, mm-hmm. so I did this gig at the Surf Cafe and it was just like an intimate, like 70 cap, like just me and Julian, Julian playing acoustic, me playing electric. I was and, there. Yeah. In the crowd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was just fucking sick. Like, I'd never done a gig like that in, like, an intimate venue, and it's, like, sold out really quick. It was just all, it was wicked. It was such a good vibe. So I was just like, I want to do a tour like that, like, around Christmas and just kind of sell it as a bit of a party. Like, we'll do the set, have a DJ on afterwards, and just have fucking a merry old time. I'm doing that because tour was just, like, it was so good, and I just never felt, like, that much engagement from people in so long. Just, like, connecting with people felt so good. It just felt real because, you know, I spent the past two years seeing all the people that listen to my music as just like numbers or as like ads on a screen. And it's like, once you meet these people in real life and you see how much they love the music, it's like, wow, okay, this all makes sense again. Yeah, I was gutted that tour ended so quickly. I, I saw that you posted that you had tour blues. Proper tour come down. I was just It like, happens, doesn't it? It's mad. I just, I, I had the best time of my fucking life. Honestly, yeah. in, my, in my band, in my crew, I just, I assumed that everyone just had that much fun but like they're just so great like i just they're mm-hmm. just the soundest people i've ever met in my life and they're just everyone's so funny and everyone will just yeah we just love each other i think everyone just genuinely loves doing it they're the band as well like judy and gabby and louie they're like some of my best mates i've ever had. nice I just love it. so good yeah um but yeah i'm gonna do that little run in december and then me and julian so julian my guitarist also he's like the producer that i've been working with all year um that's how i got him into the the band i was like when the songs that we write come out together i just think it would be so important and so great like if you could come be in the band and we could play these songs that we fucking love and have written and it's just you'll just be able to tell the difference like when it's the people that have made the tunes like on stage mm-hmm. and, like, and i think it'll just also like give us more scope to be like creative and like really get stuck into like the md kind of 
the MD of um, the live set as well when it's us that's like made all the tunes because but yeah I've just been making like a basically an album I think best music my favourite music I've ever made nice I love it oh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear it yeah, yeah totally man I'll send you a link you can hear some of the stuff oh yeah. you've got some already mm. yeah we've got most of it but they're all just like day one demos at the minute we'll begin yeah. studio up here in January we've done everything and everything's like written and produced we just want to like go into a studio where we can like replace like because we've used like all the like Arturia VSTs and stuff and like we want to like replace all the like the VST sounds with like proper analog synth and just like mm-hmm. give the because I've never been able to do that before really like go in and make music with like loads of production depth and be all over it because never really had the confidence to do that and like working with Julian like I've been producing stuff and like making beats and stuff on my laptop for years but like I think the past two years I really went in on it because there was nothing else to do and yeah Julian just kind of brought out the confidence to be actually like these are good because I think female producers as well often like have like proper imposter syndrome because you're so used to fucking seeing the back of some dude's head in the studio you just assume that everything you do is shit because you're not that when it's like it's not true at all and also I think women bring something different to production I know that sounds daft and like I don't want to be like a stereotypical like women are emotional but what are like I do think we'll have like this emotional intelligence that a lot of men just don't have and I think that's why like music by women is just so good <laughs> because it's just, like I don't know I just like it's like kind of almost like an unspoken thing like it's not even in the words it's not even you can just feel it I don't know yeah. I just feel that female energy and it's so important that that narrative is like yeah um, definitely well I've always seen you as a producer like I've because I follow you on Instagram and, and stuff and you're always like breaking down your songs and showing people like the the, the samples and the loops and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatnot of the tune. So I've always thought that you were you're very good at like leading that way for younger people. I think definitely you know. there's like a thing as well with like old school production. Like I mean, I know Sam's like that as well. Like Sam will stand in a room and tell everyone, you know, what part needs to be and how it sounds. And I think that in itself is also production. And also like a lot of people don't know this really rare being in studios with artists that really 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 don't do that <laughs> couldn't give a fuck and yeah. it's like so it's like well okay well what's the point then if you want to make music like know how you want it to fucking sound and like know what music you want to make and yeah. i do think it's really hard because so many artists are just put in these positions where you know other people will be telling them what kind of music they want to make but well i mean it depends why you got into it but mm-hmm. if you got into it to make music then make music that you love absolutely I think with that being said, I think that's we're up to present day now, aren't we? So yeah, we've got an album to look forward to. So you heard it here first, guys. I hope so. Well, you'll um, see me next time and it'll be like, Eldevine's new EPs. <laughs> <Next single. laughs> no, nah, I definitely putting my foot down. It's got to be an album, I think. Nice. I don't want to make a one minute 50 song just because Spotify told me I have to. Is that what the, the, well, the it, I mean, you just thing see, I mean, is now, it, is it? It is changing. Everything's constantly changing, and, like changing, but it's like you don't need a... And there is pressure to like change with it. Like you'll make music, you'll subconsciously be making music to fit on a playlist or like to fit mm-hmm. streaming. It's just like at the end of the day, like I think if the music's hopefully if the music's good enough, people are going to find it, aren't they? But I don't know. It's don't want to think about all that stuff. I don't want to think about the high powers of B. And I know it's so much easier said than done. And there's like there's like subconscious stuff that I'll learn in my mind. I'll make us write songs in a certain way. But <laughs> yeah. you've just got to try as hard as you can to constantly like push that out and be like why am I making this? Is this me? But yeah, I definitely think, especially like TikTok and stuff. Have you got a TikTok account? I've got a TikTok account. I love social media when I use it authentically and naturally and genuine how I would use it if I wasn't a musician. I hate social media as soon as I feel like I'm doing something that I wouldn't have done. 
Yeah. And it's also because, like, you're constantly presented with this version of yourself that just, like, isn't actually you. It's like that can kind of fuck with you, like, going on a, going on the app every day and, like, scrolling down and being like, okay, this is what people see of me. Like, before we met a day, like, you probably might have had a totally different idea of what I'd be like. Absolutely, you know. Well, I mean, like, even your closest friends have their own opinion of you, and yeah, which isn't yeah. you, you know what I mean? So having, like, like you say, like, my opinion of you, like, I felt like I knew you a little bit. Isn't yeah. that mad? Yeah. Like, and I know that's not true, but, you like, do <laughs> I do now, but, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's just mad because, like, with fame and, like, being a celebrity and stuff like that, you, you feel like you could, like, hypothetically speaking, I could be walking down the street, I'm a famous celebrity or whatever, and someone can just stop and, like, expect me to have a normal conversation with mm. them and it's a one-sided conversation because they know you but you don't know them mm. yeah totally. and it's just a mad thought that that happens with a lot of people and like i'm sure you've probably had it where like somebody you're talking to after a show or something like probably you might know this but they feel like they know you so yeah, well totally. it's bizarre yeah and that's what i was saying earlier i think like when artists get signed Everyone should get a fucking therapist with that record deal. <laughs> and everyone, I'm not really spilling any beans here, but like, I mean, like, you know, like every two weeks I'll get like a social media report of like my stats. And for everyone else, like that's their job, like all the people on this email chain, that's their job to analyze those statistics and see what posts are working better. And, you know, some of them will have like, it'll be in green, it'll be like plus signs. Some of them will be like, in the red and I'll have lost this many followers lost it and it's like for everyone else that's fine because it's it's so impersonal and detached from them it's just a job that working on but for me like that's me like the more like red lines you see it's hard not to take things personally and it's like people don't like me mm. and it's just like all, all you're like what the stuff I'm posting is cringe and it's not like an accurate representation of me and it's 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 just like a total warp of your self-worth and it's just like but you you just need to remember it isn't fucking real like like you said like everyone that knows me knows me and i think i think also coming back to that's why i probably moved home so just be careful on the gram on the tiktok it doesn't <laughs> fucking define you and you're so much more than fucking a thousand posts that you have on your instagram and i'm sure everyone knows that deep down but well, we'll start a movement. Cance <laughs> cancel Instagram. <laughs> but you know what? I fucking love it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just yeah. wish, like, artists were and not allowed because you can do whatever you want, but it's hard when, you know, there's people that, whose literal job it is in, like, all of these things. You're obviously going to listen to them because they know better than you at the end. Of, well, you think they know better than you, but yeah. you've always got to put, you, put yourself first. But, I, like, it can be absolutely amazing if you use it in, like, a lighthearted, fun and genuine way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well... Thank you so much. No, thank you. I um, really enjoyed it. I could stay here all day. Well, yeah, I wish I could too, but I've got to go <laughs> work, go unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, it's beautiful, man. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do this without microphones sometime. 100%. I'd be so down for that, man. We should start mm. a little club and just come and Oh, that relax. would be amazing. We'll we'll be writing fun. songs about seagulls and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a really... Self-help books about how quite a lot of... tides change my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, we'll end there. Ciao, ciao. Good night. <laughs> Episode 3, featuring Elder Vine there. Thanks to Liv for agreeing to do the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. And also thanks to Steve for setting it up for me. There we go. If you like the episode, please like it and subscribe it and share it if you want. And write reviews and all that kind of stuff. Like I said before, it really helps with the podcast on the charts and whatnot. Episode 4 is going to come out in two weeks' time, hopefully. I'm going to try and stick to a two-week schedule for this every Monday, uh, every second Monday of the month. So yeah, I will leave you with that. 
happy new year once again and i will see you in episode four ciao ciao